Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. So this episode might feel a little strange just because if you go online, it feels like no one ever agrees with each other and people are very comfortable online being quite rude to each other and pointing out when they don't agree with someone else. But I think in our day-to-day life, when we are face-to-face with people, a lot of us feel like we have to agree with whoever we're around. And that might make us change our opinions or not be as vocal about our own opinions, holding back some opinions because we feel like we just want to keep the peace amongst a group of people or coworkers or whoever it may be. And we feel like this group agreement is important to maintain our own acceptance into the group. What do you think, Dominique? Do you think this is true? I mean, if we take away the online piece, because online people are vicious toward each other, But in real life, a lot of times that completely changes. Yeah. Well, you don't have that like protective barrier like between the computer and anonymity. Yeah. And so I feel like because people can hide a little bit better when it is, you know, virtually, there's not as much fear of expression in a way. But it's really interesting because I can share from my own experience, I 100% was someone throughout my lifetime that tried to agree to keep the peace because I felt like it would be too overwhelming if someone would kind of counteract my disagreement, like if I was to disagree. And I was just like, oh my God, no, I don't want to have to explain myself. I don't want to upset them. So I'm just going to go ahead and agree unless it was something that was really like, there's no way I could ever do something like that, which wasn't often, I will say. Now that's another thing. I have no problem disagreeing, but that's because of how much work I have done on myself over the years with the fear and the people-pleasing tendencies because of not feeling safe. For me, it was, and for most of us, actually, we tend to agree with others because not agreeing means we might potentially become an outcast. We might potentially no longer belong and we're biologically hardwired for connection and belonging. And that is something when I came to realize, I was like, oh, okay. It doesn't mean that I will no longer have friends or family if I do disagree. It's kind of a story my system's making up. So let's see how I can work on this and learn to voice myself a little bit better. But it takes that awareness, of course, and a whole lot of work because that fear is real. And for you specifically as an Enneagram type nine, it takes even more 
work. This Enneagram type more than any other type really wants to avoid conflict and rocking the boat. They really want group happiness, group cohesion. That's really important for them, maintaining that sense of peace within a group. And they think they do that by playing small, keeping their opinions to themselves because they don't want to have any conflicting opinion within a group. So that's sort of the key part of the Enneagram type nine ego structure. And so the fact that you were able to really recognize that within yourself and understand why you were doing it and then see that it was safe for you to show your authentic self, to show your opinions, that people weren't going to reject you for that. That is the life's work of your type. And that's amazing that you have reached that point. Yeah. When I first learned from you about that nine type and the whole sense of wanting peace within my environment, I was like, oh my God, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. But I I will say that gaining that awareness was also through me working with a coach that helped me identify my conditioning and the beliefs, the stories I was telling myself of I'm not safe if I rock the boat, I'm not safe. If I disagree, that took someone kind of holding my hand along the way, because I had so much fear around it. And when I knew when I first realized like, Hey, I need to work on this. I was incredibly proud of myself for making the first step to seek the assistance of someone who was more knowledgeable in working through the ego structure and conditioning, because I just reached a point where I was like, you know what? I'm tired of agreeing on things that I do not agree on just so I can be so-called safe. And for me, that's when I was like, I am less safe in a way because I am not voicing myself. And for me, I kept my voice quiet for most of my life. And that was something that I needed to learn how to really tap into that. And through this experience of learning to voice myself, this is where I've gained more confidence, more compassion for myself and others, and have become just a stronger human overall. And I think it's important for me to point out that all humans, and so all the Enneagram types have a fear of rejection or non-acceptance within their group. We are hardwired as human beings to want to be a part of a group. And that is for our own evolution, our own survival, because the group is stronger than the individual. But some of the types have stronger I don't want to say fears necessarily, but stronger feelings about rejection. There's a whole triadic grouping of three of the types, types two, five, and eight. They are called rejection types. And it's more that they reject things depending on which type the rejection can be different, but it's all because of their own fear of rejection. It's a defense mechanism against rejection. So they do the rejecting first. That's fascinating. I did not know that. That's really cool. Yeah. So we're all wanting to be accepted and whether that is us 
making our opinions align with everyone else's to feel accepted or not wanting to rock the boat or whatever it may be to maintain that group acceptance is is so common amongst all of us so i don't want to make it seem like only type nines have this behavior right right yeah and i love that um I just think it's just so fascinating when you look at the ego structure and the conditioning for each individual and how the response is so different. Like you mentioned with those three being the ones that tend to do the rejecting versus the feeling of rejection quite as much. Like it it really just fascinates me how these stories shape our actions a lot of the ways. And when it comes to the human design lens, when I learned about the emotional solar plexus, which if you have your chart, it's the bottom right hand side triangle. If it's colored in, that means it's defined. If it's white, that means it's undefined. Defined gives you- and we have yes, differences in our charts, we, right? We do. And that's <laughs> just, it's wild. I get excited about seeing the differences, of course, but you have a defined one. I have undefined. And so having a defined emotional solar plexus means that you have consistency to this energy center, which is the center for our emotions and creativity. And you'll have waves that kind of take you through the experience of emotions and the creativity. So you have consistency and you're always able to tap into this energy. Whereas for myself, having it opened, I do not have consistent energy through this center and I amplify what I absorb. So for you, Carrie, I absorb the energy of your emotional solar plexus when we're interacting, which is great because it boosts my creativity when I'm maybe not feeling as creative. So I can borrow your energy. I can amplify that, but it's not mine to hold on to because it's undefined. But that also means with me not having this defined, I am more likely to fall into people-pleasing tendencies because of the fear of rocking the boat. And that means I am more likely to agree with others. I have less comfort with this variety of emotions that can be felt through this center. Whereas you being more familiar with the emotional waves, it may not hit you as strongly, but kind of like you mentioned with the Enneagram, someone can have a defined center and be completely out of alignment because of the beliefs that they carry, the conditioning, or being raised by a parent or caregiver who kind of put their energy level into their center and gives you kind of like a false identity in a way. Because like I explained how I absorb your energy. So that can sometimes be looked at as like, oh my gosh, I'm so emotional. Whereas if I'm not holding on to other people's emotions, I realize that I am a very cool, calm individual. I don't have waves. I just am kind of in alignment as far as what I'm experiencing day to day, but it is affected by other people and the environment. And even throughout the changes and the planetary transits, we're all energy and we can all experience the conditioning. And so it's just one of those areas from the human design lens that can kind of give you a better idea, greater awareness on 
why you may or may not have the tendency to agree and not want to rock the boat. And it's so interesting. Whenever I hear you explain something through the lens of human design, and specifically if you're talking about yourself, and then I know you through the lens of the Enneagram, the two systems layer so perfectly to give such a full picture because when you talk about having the undefined emotional solar plexus and that naturally gives you this calm, cool, collected demeanor and that tends to be a lot of the traits we see in Enneagram type nines. They are very calm, cool, and collected. They, especially when they're on the healthier side, of their type structure, they can be seen as very peaceful people, almost like gurus who are to be admired for their ability to see the world as it is without judgment and be really accepting of everything. So that's really cool. Yeah, I, I love I love making those connections. Absolutely. I was just going to say that whenever we even have just our regular chats, the connection of the two is just really fascinating. And it helps me when you talk about the Enneagram, it helps me learn a little bit more about that conditioning side of things. Because yes, in human design, we learn about conditioning. And one of the ways is through our open centers. And that gives us greater awareness, greater compassion and understanding, of course. But like I mentioned, you can be defined and still be conditioned. So when we look at the archetypes of the human experience, we're all going to experience everything that is available to us, but it's going to be on a spectrum. You know, we have the high and low end of things. And when we're aware of what we're working with, then we have greater choice. And it's through this choice where you then get to decide how you want to express that energy, how you want to express these traits that you may carry and have gifts within. And that's another way with the understanding through these lenses where having that awareness cultivates greater self-compassion and bringing it all back to greater love of self and others and for the world in general. And I think one thing just for all of us to keep in mind and something that I am starting to see a little bit of a shift towards, which gives me some hope is that we are allowed to disagree with each other and still love each other and still respect each other. Like Dominique was saying, this sense of compassion, this sense of love, it doesn't depend on us agreeing. Loving or respecting someone doesn't mean we have to have all the same viewpoints and opinions. Healthy debate and respecting dissenting opinions is a bit of a lost value in our society. And I think the more that we can cultivate relationships with people who may have very different opinions than us, even on very big issues, is just going to help us foster that compassion and love even more. Absolutely. And I don't want you to agree with me all the time. I don't want anyone to agree with me all the time. Well, I mean, maybe sometimes. But as the years have gone by and I've done deeper work, and have come to realize that, you know what, our purpose is to just be, just be who we are and to accept each other for that. And if I know that you are willing to disagree on things, then that in a way kind of lights me up because as you said, we're starting to see this shift happening where it's 
more acceptable for some areas to disagree and be okay with it and have good conversation. But that makes me think like, wow, this person is starting to step into their true self or willing to show their true self and speak their voice and be okay with just kind of going to the beat of their own drum. And I love that. And trusting that the relationship is strong enough to show their true self and that they won't be rejected. I think we've become really black and white in our thinking. And in my opinion, one of the most dangerous mentalities to have is that you're either with us or against us when it comes to any topic, because hardly anything out there is binary. There is a spectrum. Everything has gray area. And some people are sitting in the gray area before they decide which way they're leaning. And I think throughout recent political times, if you were a person sitting in the gray area, you were immediately rejected by one side or the other for not having a definitive stance on something. And that's just not the way we all work. That's not the way humans work. We can't immediately have an opinion on something that just happened. We need processing time. We need time to allow ourselves to experience what happened before we start voicing our opinion on it. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to the emotional solar plexus, if it's defined, like what you have, Carrie, you're not meant to make decisions in the moment. You're not meant to speak right then and there because you're meant to kind of ride the wave of the emotions to feel into it. Like, is this really what I want to say? Is this the decision that I really want to go with? So that way it's not coming from a place of reaction. It's coming from a place of responsible, intentional, and really just kind of allowing yourself to sit with it. It's responding at that point. And from there, you can have a greater knowing that you're moving to the right direction. You're doing the right thing, saying the right thing and taking other people into consideration as well. The potential harm that could come from just quick response instead of allowing yourself to feel through it. Because our nervous system is going to, if it senses danger, we're not meant to just sit there and think about what we need to do to get out of danger. Our bodies are going to react. And sometimes when we get in disagreements, it feels like a major threat. And that's when we can react versus respond and creating, cultivating this awareness of pausing, getting your thoughts right, feeling it out, and then responding can really help to just bring so much more understanding to conversations and greater presence as well. And I think another important point to make about this topic is to remind ourselves regularly that our opinions, even our values, are not us. It's a piece of us. And I think our egos have, in recent years, overpersonalized a lot of these issues and debates that my opinion on this is me. And so if someone criticizes my opinion or debates it or even has a differing one, it's a personal attack on me. And I think that has caused a lot of division in our society among people because it's, like I said, us versus them. And 
you have attacked me personally because you disagree with my opinion. And that is a really slippery slope because that will, in the long run, not allow for our true essence to ever feel safe because the ego is always going to be in charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think ultimately it's just recognizing that we are certainly going to be saying things that we don't want to say or mean to say at times. And if we're agreeing because it's just going to make things easier, sometimes that's going to happen. And that's all okay. Like we're never going to be 100% on. And that is absolutely okay. I think when we kind of bring this conversation fully in, it's really just about having greater awareness of why we do the things we do, why we say the things we say, and understanding that it is simply a part of the human experience. It is part of being human and a part of the human conditioning as well. And it starts with awareness, awareness of how you want to be and awareness of how you can start to make those small changes through baby step actions is what is ultimately going to be bringing greater peace and bringing us into a greater place of love with everything we do in life. It's about awareness. And I think we naturally, without even consciously thinking of it, tend to group ourselves with people who have the same values and opinions as us because it feels safer, it feels easier. And one of the hardest and most difficult things we can do is to challenge ourselves to step outside of that norm and what we're used to doing and to seek out people to have in our life. I'm not saying they have to be our best friends or our partners, but to seek out people in our lives who have vastly different views or life experiences than us can be a really enlightening experience because when you have someone you personally care for who has a completely different life experience and viewpoint than you it allows you to not see that other group in a bad light i'm thinking specifically about american politics right now because there's the more conservative side and then the more liberal side and if you are a person who identifies with one of those sides but everyone in your life also identifies with that side, it's really easy to clump the other side as being wrong or bad or complete idiots, like just labeling with all these negative, insulting things. But if you have people in your life mm -hmm. who you care for, who you personally know and you know that they are good people, you can't lump that group as being completely negative. So true. Absolutely so true. And what a, a beautiful way to put that into perspective for at least Americans. And I think it's something that we can absolutely just as a whole try to look a little bit deeper into is knowing that, again, it's okay to disagree and it's okay to be completely on different sides in some cases. And you know, ultimately, for me, it's really about cultivating greater acceptance for when it doesn't match up to what we feel is right or wrong. But just understand, like, for that person, that is their story, that is their belief, and they're fully allowed to experience that. 
Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.